Uh, welcome to the Faith and Belief Forum podcast. Uh, I'm Philip Ebring. I'm the Communications Manager at the Faith and Belief Forum. Uh, I am here with uh, a few students from uh, Birmingham, Birmingham City University uh, and uh, who are uh, on our Parliamentals Leadership Programme. And we are here today to talk about leadership, interfaith, uh, social change, and how to build better relations between people of different faiths, beliefs, cultures, and backgrounds. So I thought we'd start just by introducing ourselves. Okay, hi, I'm Sean. I'm, uh, I'd, I'd consider myself agnostic. Um, and I'm studying um, an MA in education at BCU. Yep. Hi, Phil. Uh, my name's Tala. I'm a, a Muslim and I'm currently in my final year of my law degree. Hi, everyone. My name is Roxana Meher. I'm studying the LLM, which is a master's in legal practice, and I'm in my final year as well. Hi, guys. I am Sue Moraes and I am a student of a fine art degree. And I am a Christian from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Thanks very much. I would love to hear a bit more about uh, why you decided to get involved with the Parliamentus program. What did you want to get out of it? Uh, did you have leadership ambitions before? Was it more about the social change aspect? Uh, did you want to get to know people from different backgrounds? Uh, what, what, what attracted you to the program? To be honest, it was an opportunity to do something during the lockdown. Um, I saw the <laughs> leadership program on the um, Birmingham City website, and I thought it would be lovely to meet with people, not just like people that I know already, but people like, as you said, from different backgrounds, from different faiths, and just get an opportunity to work on something socially. As you said, I do work with young girls. So um, in West Africa, I work with a foundation called Grace and Love. So we empower young females. So I feel disaligned with my goal to help the wider community as a whole. And yeah, meet with people from different backgrounds, cultures and faiths. And I'm so glad I did join. Uh, yeah, so I, I kind of uh, joined because I was, I was already uh, interested in politics and policy and you know, working uh, towards the betterment of society. And I enjoy doing charity work. So I've done quite a few, a bit of charity work in the past, such as, you know, working at Citizens Advice, Salvation Army. So when I saw the Parliamentary Programme, I saw how it kind of encompassed both, you know, the, the politics aspects, being mentored by, you know, an MP, and also, you know, you know working as a team uh, to create a social action project and the free reign you give, you're giving with that uh, and the support by, you know, Ben and the team. So I, I just thought it was a great program to apply for and I was always you know actively searching out things as like the workaholic that I am but uh, yeah um, yeah I'm really glad that I joined and I've got to meet all these lovely people. So I I was a bit different from Tala so I, I, I have no interest in politics but I did want to do some some good and I wanted to um, find resources find ways that I could make a make a change make a difference and so when i saw the parliamentaries was a way of gaining knowledge experience and networking and obviously as a team then we would be stronger to do something more impactful than if i was on my own so that was my reason similarly to uh, what roxy was saying i i also um during the first lockdown i i just thought this would be a great opportunity to um to help others um in, in some way. And, and the Parliamentus programme being linked to 
lots of different faiths was a, a big appeal as well. Um, I like the idea of a diverse team. Um, and I think that as a, as a team of uh, diverse people, we, we work really well together. So it's been a great opportunity. When, what about your experience on the, on the program so far? Have you uh, learned anything uh, about yourself or about other people that has maybe surprised you in some way? Yeah, I think uh, I think we can all say this. We've learned how to adapt, haven't we? Because due to the restrictions of the pandemic, uh, I mean, beginning out, we had we had so many plans and ideas of different things that we could do to tackle homelessness in Birmingham. Uh, there's too many to mention. Like one of the the big ones was like running food drives for homeless people and closed drives. We couldn't do that, uh, so we, we just had to keep adapting. And um, yeah, I, th- I think it's got it's going well, especially especially now. Um, one, one of the big things that we did was like, well, we figured, you know, we can't go on campus and things like that. Okay, let's let's do something online. So we got in touch with Birmingham Central Food Bank and they, you know, informed us of their dedicated app called Sparable. So we tried to raise money through that and we created a society on campus. You know, something, something else we did later down the road was Sue did a bit of good networking and got us in touch with someone called John, who works at the RMF Group, which is a construction training academy so then we kind of did a collab with uh, their organization to get them to offer free training to people so then we thought you know okay there's one thing there's one initiative in the bag let's create a free training network and that you know that's what we're going to do now seeing as we can't do anything on campus or out and about so we're just trying to grow that now so we've got an initiative together where we can get homeless people or vulnerable people in, into free training so we're all kind of like wanting to grow that so to branch out afterwards in other businesses and organizations you know like hi this is who we are we're doing a free training network can you offer free training yes fantastic and just keep growing and uh, one thing i actually really enjoyed about parliamentus was just learning about different faiths from my own like just taking even from ben like learning more about the jewish faith learning more about the islamic faith learning more about Buddhism, learning more about different faiths. And to be honest, I was quite surprised that the Islamic, Christian and Judaism faiths are all interconnected. Because if you look in the beginning, especially with the Bible, Abraham, Isaac, they all have this kind of interwoven theme. And I really enjoyed learning about it. And I thought, you know what? It's like we're a big family. We just speak different languages. And so we're a big family of faith. And to me, that was really, really interesting. And learning from people's personal experiences, how how they've become closer to their faiths, that really, really inspired me and just gave me that love to understand other people's faiths and cultures. Yeah, just to add to that as well, I've, I've learned a lot about being optimistic and, and kind of leading with, with your passion, which is what I've learned from from working with with uh, these guys it's we as Telha was saying we had so many knockbacks um, and it's easy to feel defeated um, but you guys kept the optimism kept the passion going and now we've got something really to be proud of yeah so about the the social action project so yeah Talia told us a little bit about it about um, how it's sort of addressing homelessness and and so on can you tell me a bit more about how you came up with that idea what was it that made you want to want to focus on that issue in particular how did you go about then uh, sort of planning and, and thinking about more specifically how how you would address it 
So I think uh, that in the preliminary stages when we were deciding, you know, what kind of issue we want to tackle, we, we had quite a few ideas, but homelessness was was the one that really stood out to all of us, you know, in, in an equal measure. You know, we'd all seen, you know, homeless people on, on the streets of Birmingham near campus and it was just something that was really prevalent to us and that we all felt an emotional kind of connection to that we wanted to change and we disliked it we wanted to do something about it so that's what kind of what we went to, kind of what we went with uh, we wanted to t tackle homelessness in birmingham that was stage one and then we were thinking you know how can we do that what's the best ways we had different different kind of you know ideas you know do we run food drives and things like that and we have done you know many successful things uh, we're running like a, an information campaign. So like we created a university society and we called our group, the Students Against Poverty. We tried to, you know, fundraise for Birmingham, Birmingham Central Food Bank through the society. We had loads of information on our society page saying, because of the restrictions, like we're just a university society, we can't do a lot, but here's loads of charities that you can volunteer for, kind of signposting to them. And then we just kind of just grew from there. And then we got in touch with the IMF group and, it kind of just developed in, into this idea of creating a free training network due to luck and also necessity. And I, th I think we're all proud of how much we've done so far and, and we just want to keep going, you know, build, build more alliances with more businesses and organisations, you know, and just helping as many people as we can. Uh, what, so what, what type of training in, are you hoping to uh, be offering? And have you, have you uh, offered any already? Uh, how, how far along into the project are you? like partnership with RMF group it's it's to give people training to uh, on like uh, construction site certification scheme courses and also there's another construction plant course but there's uh, possibilities for it for there to be progression opportunities for homeless people so so that's the first one and and what we're doing now is just contacting loads of charities and organizations networking with people you're saying you know signposts you know send our flyers out to people signpost homeless and vulnerable people to us and we'll get them to our, our, our RMF group. And, you know, and it'll be on a three-week basis, that course, once restrictions are gone. So that's 15 students at a time. Once we get that sort of set up, you know, lock and key, then next business, hello, can you offer free training? Awesome. Next, next, keep going. And, yeah, just expand over Birmingham to try and help people as, uh, as much as we can. Is this something you, you're hoping might sort of continue throughout the year, sort of after the kind of graduation from the program, or is it more of a time-limited thing? I think one of the great things about Students Against Poverty is that it's something we can leave our legacy behind. It's, it's a society we have with Birmingham City University, but then we would initiate more students into the society as a whole. And so it starts from Birmingham City University, but it also has the potential, as Tyler mentioned, to move with charitable organizations, professional networks, um, parliament, just to bring more opportunities to the vulnerable in society and homeless, and just giving them more opportunities than they would have had before. So I think it's a great opportunity and it does have, it would have a long lasting impact on the society. We do have plans to keep it going after we graduate. Um, so we want to just carry on doing stuff and like Roxy said, leave the legacy behind at uni, but also do things together afterwards. That's great to hear. Yeah, you mentioned lockdown uh, and how how the sort of lockdown and the social distancing measures and so on and various restrictions obviously have presented challenges. What challenges do you, do you find you've, you've faced and how have you kind of been able to overcome them? 
I, I think that it's, it's always important, you know, on a kind of interpersonal level, human level, to always be able to speak with different people of different walks of life in person to get that kind of first-hand experience because that's the best way we develop as, as humans connections with people. That's how we learn to love people the best way. However, you know, in light of lockdown, not being able to do things like that, you know, we, I think we've all made use of Zoom and Microsoft Teams and LinkedIn, and they are just such useful tools. I mean, it's interesting to see where where things will go in, interfaith-wise, but I think, like, networking-wise and, and things like that, we can always get in touch with people and arguably, rather than just, you know, doing it in person and seeing, like, a couple of people at a time, get something viral on there, you know, potentially thousands, tens of thousands of people will be affected by that, have a connection to something that you posted, you know, you could have an even bigger impact. Uh, personally, like, networking with people on LinkedIn, there's so many important, like, amazing like charity CEOs and, and just people in high places that I've been networking with to try and get them to help on our you know project and I'm, I'm just feeling like yo this is this is insane on normal circumstances I would never have you know spoken with these people so it's, it's makes you feel privileged anything you know th this these tools are really really helpful and useful if you're using them for the right reasons um I I also think um the, the tools that we use are, are are really useful and and they've they've helped us to get the project going um but there are people that are marginalized because they they don't necessarily have that technology and in our project at one point we wanted to we talked about volunteering and and feeding the homeless in the city center there are lots of great organizations that are doing that work but these the the, the need for us to protect ourselves as well was we were we were well aware of and um the the isolation factor of those seeking jobs at the moment is it means that we we we've got a poster ready to to send out and we've done a good job i would say of sending that out now but in the past we would have been able to drop it off into shop windows for example um small problems like that that can be overcome with technology but i think we are still mindful that it is it is a, a problem for some to be honest, I felt really hard hit by the pandemic and how it affected my level of being personal with people because I'm a very personable person. I like to have like the sight, seeing, feeling, being with people. So I missed that connection and I still do. But I just think our team, especially Sean, Tala, Sue, we've all worked together as a family. And if you think about it on a personal level, we always check in with each other. It can happen through WhatsApp. Like Tala is always like, Oksana, are you okay? Sue is like, Oksana, are you okay? Sean is like, oh, guys, I'm doing this. So it's actually made us connect on a deeper level. And yes, at the beginning, we had so many ideas to give to the homeless through drives. But I think we've met a blessing in disguise because we've had more ideas in terms of initiatives, especially with the training programs. And that would be more beneficial and more long lasting to vulnerable people. So even though we have been hard hit by the pandemic, I feel a lot of blessings have come in disguise and I feel we would have to just adapt as Tala said to using other platforms like Zoom like LinkedIn and work with it. As someone who like believes in predetermination and God I believe like there's a plan for all of us and as Roxy said this is a blessing in disguise 
maybe this is for the best and this is how we can like best impact people you know for the future growing this training network and then once restrictions you know come down hopefully you know we can do all the plans and initiatives and you know just grow from there even after we leave you know university yeah i mean i think something that we've found um, to some extent through our work is that even though there is you can't you can't fully replace face-to-face contact and and you know face-to-face contact is always going to be the best way of particularly in terms of breaking down barriers between people from different backgrounds you know interfaith dialogue nothing beats uh, you know face-to-face interaction uh, for sure and that's that i think that's always going to be the case and that's always something that you know we're going to want to do uh, at the same time what we have found is that the uh, the use of technology to to um, you know run programs or um, you know have dialogue via via zoom and other platforms like that you know, it does come with some advantages as well. You know, there's it's easy for people to get involved sometimes, assuming they have the technology. That is, I guess, the one barrier. People don't have it. It, it does create a, an inequality there, unfortunately, between people who don't have access to it. But assuming they, they do have access to some some form of, of technology, then um, you know, it's it's the, the the kind of the um the barriers to participation are a lot lower than you know if someone has to travel to to go to a physical venue and and so on and so forth so that's it's easy to reach people also it removes the whole question of um the geography becomes less important you can reach people anywhere uh you know anywhere in the country in the world really you know whereas if you're running programs just locally you're sort of limited your your impact is 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 limited to to the area you're in you're in and so on uh and also in terms of just the scale you know you can uh you know if you're running an event uh, you're limited by you know size of the venue and that kind of thing. If you're online, there's really there's no upper limit. You know you can you can you can get loads of people involved. But but then again, you know what you kind of what you gain in terms of scale, uh, you do lose a little bit in terms of impact because it's it's never going to be, or you know I'm not never say never, but it's it's rare I think that a sort of an online engagement or, or an online sort of um, interaction is quite as impactful as as you know a, a, a sort of a face-to-face meeting so there there's trade-offs but there, there there are you know there are advantages as well and you know i think i think uh the way that it sort of has enabled us to be connected to people anywhere and everywhere and all across across the world and all across the country you know that is that is something that you know is, is, is in some way is good and i think going forward i think we all want to maybe think about how we we can use loads of different methods both you know face-to-face encounters and and meetings um, and so so on in physical spaces but also think more about how we can make use of technology to continue to use to to reach people uh in in different areas and um and so on and, and maybe engage people who maybe otherwise wouldn't be engaged in in this type of uh, work so yeah for sure there's uh, there's advantages and and um, and challenges uh, i was thinking we haven't actually we haven't really talked about so much about kind of me- sort of mp mentoring and so on so we, our team has only had our, our first meeting with our mp mentor who's uh, jess phillips so it's it just kind of uh, an introduction to her and uh, you know her giving us some kind of motivation and, and some tips on our initial plan of what the project was supposed to be thinking ahead five ten years uh, i would love to hear a bit about what you're hoping to to use the the skills and the, the insights and the knowledge and the networks that you've gained from this program to do. Uh, are there any particular issues uh, that you're hoping to have an impact on in, in society? And if so, what, what are them and what's the change you're hoping to, to bring about? 
to be honest, I've always wanted to empower the girl child. Um, I know it sounds a bit cliche, and what I'm going to sound is even more cliche, but they said to educate a girl is to educate a nation. Um, I come from, I originally come from Ghana in West Africa. And to be honest, it's a culture where in the beginning, in the past, women were meant to get married, be a wife, be a mother. And that, that's really the end of it. But I think now as a society, we're going to realize that women are good in the professional sphere. Women are good decision makers. Women are good financially. Women are good professionally. Women can create social impact and change. So Parliamentus has actually taught me a lot in terms of working with people, learning to adapt with change, communicating with people, and really aligns with my goals to empower the youth, but more especially the female youth, because a lot of opportunities are given to males that females, it takes us a bit longer to actually realize that we have that potential to go further as well, especially in the academic sphere, because boys do perform well, girls perform sometimes even better, but just the confidence to achieve and to see themselves achieving is something that I really want to build on. And I want to give young girls examples of people who are leading the way, especially in the legal and professional fields. And I feel with parliamentors too, now that we have Students Against Poverty, we can bring more young leaders to make an impact and to help the vulnerable. So it's, it's a win-win and I'm just so glad that I joined and had the opportunity to make a difference in my own small way and with my wonderful family now as parliamentos. We've worked so hard and I'm just so grateful for everyone. Uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm grateful for this kind of family we've created now as well with one white dad, one Latina sister, uh, Asian chubby brother. and uh, <laughs> <sister>. <laughs> uh, Yeah, and also Ben is just a, you know, distranged uncle as well. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, so from the, uh, from, the, from the leadership experience that I've gained, I mean, uh, and the networking wise, I mean, I've gained so many skills in terms of being able to just contact people and, you know, say, you know, here's our offer, uh, can you help us? And, and building those, kind of man managing that kind of thing and a project. And so, you know, whatever I go into in the future, you know, studying law now and also being kind of interested in politics. So kind of going into that kind of field, uh, you know, whether, whether as, a, as a solicitor or, you know, in, in, in politics, uh, and there's so many issues I'd like to help challenge, whether on climate change, youth empowerment, uh, as Roxy mentioned, uh, you know, education. There's, there's so many things that those leadership skills could help me uh, with, you know, in, in applying those skills to make a difference. I don't, I'll probably give you an answer that you, you didn't want or didn't expect, but I actually don't know how I'm, I'm going to use the skills. I just know that I will. It will come a time that I will use it. <laughs> and and uh, I am passionate about children with uh, parents, um, you know, like orphanages, uh, I mean, orphans and just children and the, anything to do with children, <laughs> basically. So I just I just believe that children, uh, you know, if you, if you, like Roxy said with women, if you educate a women education nation, but I also think that if you educate kids, you change the world as i've studied education i've become more and more of the opinion that educational inequality 
um, is greatly linked to politics and the economic system. Um, so as much as I can try my best to be a, a good teacher in, in the classroom, there are limits to how, how much we can do. So who knows? But I, I'm, I'm enjoying being a teacher. Um, it's very tough at the moment, but I am enjoying it, promise. Um, but in, in a few years' time, I'd really like to possibly do a PhD and, and look further into educational inequality. But, but perhaps in, in a few years' time, who, who knows? I, w- I will say, though, um, our, uh, our short meeting that we did have with our MP was really, it really did fire us up. It, it really inspired us. And it was just a brilliant opportunity. We're, we're all really looking forward to the next one. And I'm just, as, as a proud dad, as I've now been appointed, <laughs> thank you, Taha, um, I'm, I'm really, really proud of, of what you guys can do and, and the futures that you might, might go into to having. Yeah, it's been, it's been great. That's fantastic to hear. Just finally, uh, about on your social action project, if people want to follow the progress on that uh, online, on, is there any way they can do that on social media or anything like that? Yeah, if uh, people want to follow our projects, uh, say on uh, uh, Twitter or Instagram, LinkedIn, just type in uh, at BCU underscore SAP. Well, thank you all so much for a, a really insightful and interesting conversation. I wish you, all of you in the family, uh, the best of luck with the, the, uh, your social action project. Uh, sounds like you've made some really good progress already and I hope you continue to have lots of positive impact. And thank you so much. This podcast was brought to you by the Faith and Belief Forum. You can find us at faithbeliefforum.org and on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter.